turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 1. 1963, Ferrari won the Tour de France, and it sold for $70 million. The most expensive automobile that has ever been sold. Uh, today, the new ones are somewhere in the range of 15 uh, to 18. Uh, but in those days, uh, that car sold for $70 million. Now, can I say something to you? You are worth more than that 1963 Ferrari. Uh, you have been created in the image of God. The Bible says that uh, for six days of creation, uh, the first five days, God said it was good. But when he made man and, um, and woman on the, on the sixth day, he said, it is very good. We are the crowning creation that God has made. But not only that, for our sin, God sent his own precious son to die for us now, I can tell you uh, there's nothing more precious than the gift of God's son and if God cares for you that much you are valuable in the eyes of God why do we need to understand our value I think understanding our value to God helps us in two ways number one it helps us in our relationship because when we understand how much God values us, we know he wants us to, be, to come to him. We, we know he wants us to be in his presence. And by faith, we enter his presence with boldness, knowing that we will find a welcoming father uh, to receive us. But it also helps us in our service, because if we understand our value to God, we understand that God is going to do just what he has said he's going to do. He will be with us to the end of the age. He will go with us in service and empower us and help us in this life. I don't have to worry about tomorrow because Jesus is already there. He, he will be there to help me. He will be there to guide me. Uh, the scripture here in 1 Peter is written to a group of suffering Christians uh, who are being persecuted for their faith. And so it's a, it's a letter written to encourage God's people. And in these first couple of verses... Uh, Peter is reminding the people that they're valuable to God. Have you ever felt like God's forsaken you before? Sometimes we just need to be reminded, don't we? You matter to God. And so uh, that's what Peter's doing. He, he could look back in his own life and remember his own failures and, and uh, denying Jesus and, and all of these things and, and know that even despite his failures, even despite who he was, God had set his love upon him and that God had a purpose for him and he was going to use him. Jesus called him Peter. You will be Peter. Uh, and uh, I'm going to use you in a special way in my early church. And so he had never forgotten that and he's sharing that. Uh, we need to put our trust in the fact that God loves us and values us as his people. Now, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, he loves you too. He, the Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But the scriptures that I'm looking at today 
are dealing with God's value for his people, those who are his children. You can have that relationship because the Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is no limits to who may come. Uh, God works in the hearts of people, and if you have a desire to come to Christ, you can do so, and you can can uh, participate in this relationship we're going to talk about today. But uh, this is primarily an encouragement for Christians. So the title of my message is Understanding Your Value. Look with me at verse 1. It says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those chosen, living as exiles dispersed abroad, in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient and to be sprinkled with the blood of Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. So understanding your value, what do you need to know? Well, first of all, you need to know about God's gracious choice. God's gracious choice. Now, if you've been in uh, any kind of theological discussion, this sometimes is a is a controversial issue. But, um, you know, I'm just of the opinion that just because something's controversial doesn't mean that we should throw that part of the Bible out and not talk about it. Because if it's in the Word of God, it needs to be addressed. Um, What do I believe about election? Um, Well, first of all, let me say this. I believe there are people on both sides of the issue uh, that are godly, good people. I'm just going to say that because I believe it's true. Uh, But secondly, what I believe, I believe the Bible teaches that God chose the Israelites in the Old Testament. That's what the Bible teaches, okay? Chose the Israelites to be his chosen people. Why? So they could be a light to the nations and nations could come to Christ. Um, In the New Testament, uh, Romans 9 through 11 are the, the scriptures generally used uh, when talking about election or the primary scriptures used. Um, and in Romans 9 through 11, I believe God is talking to the Jews in Rome who believed that Gentiles could not be Christians unless they became Jews. And so God uses their own history and he says, Hey, remember I chose you. Uh, remember I'm God. I have the freedom to choose who I want to choose. Well, then in chapter 10, God tells him who he's going to choose. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart, God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. No difference between Jew and Gentile. That's, what, that's his message. Listen, Jesus, you can't just claim that it's Jews only going to be in heaven. Jews and Gentiles who put their trust in Jesus Christ will be saved. I'm God, I'm free to choose, and I choose to save everyone who puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But just a few verses later, he says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So that whosoever invitation is given to all. Um, so if you're here today, you don't have to worry. I, I know I hear some people say, well, you know, uh, you know, you can't just choose to be saved. Oh, yes, you can. The Bible says, uh, today is the day of salvation. Choose you this day whom you will serve, right? So we we are told to choose. 
I look at it kind of like a, a wedding day, right? You have a groom and a bride. Both of them are choosing. On the one hand, the groom is chosen. He's proposed to the bride. He's invited her to be married. The bride is responding to the groom. She's choosing to be related to him. Uh, now, the Bible says we can't make that choice without him. But I believe that God gives every person enough grace to make that decision because um, the Bible says it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of repentance. So, okay, I, that's the background. Okay, that's, that's my view. Uh, but now I want to talk to you about the specific. Why do you need to understand this doctrine? You need to understand this doctrine because you will, it, it will help you understand just how valuable you are to God. Okay, so God has chosen to save a category of people, those who put their trust in Jesus Christ, uh, whether Jew or Gentile, but he's also chosen to save individuals. Okay, so it's not just an impersonal thing. Okay, I'm just going to choose those who, who trust in Christ. There's also a personal element to it. God's gracious choice. Um, God told Jeremiah, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you and set you apart to be a prophet to the nations. David says this in Psalm 139. Lord, all of my days were written in your book before one of them came to be. God knew the purpose that he had for Jeremiah. He knew the details of David's life before he was born. But here's this, he knew them personally. Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. What does that mean? That means that before God ever said, let there be light, God had you and me on his mind. If I'd have known how Roger Pugh was going to fail or how you were going to fail, I'd have said, why even try? <laughs> I, I'd, have, I'd have thrown up my hands and I'd have said, that's, that's too much. Let's not, not go to the effort. But the Bible says that God chose to save us, knowing every sin we'd ever commit, knowing every detail of our life, he chose to send Jesus before he ever said, let there be light. Jesus chose to go to the cross before he ever, he ever said, let there be light. God personally chose you. He knows you better than you know yourself. The Bible says God searches the hearts and minds. Um, he knows everything about you. He knows all of your failures. He knows all of your weaknesses. He knows every way you've messed up. And he still chose you. Think about that for a second. That'll set you free. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Well, how could he die for, for me knowing I was yet a sinner? And I wasn't even born when he died. Because he knew everything I was going to do before I was ever born. And he said, yes, I choose to go to the cross for Roger Pugh. Yes, I choose to go to the cross for those who are gathered here today. This is God's choice. And he chose you personally. I, I remember um, two, two little kids were, were talking with each other and... Uh, 
one of the kids said to the other one, he said, I heard you're adopted. He said, I feel sorry for you. And he said, well, why do you feel sorry for me? He said, your parents are stuck with you. My parents chose me. <laughs> this is what God is saying to you. You are the chosen vessel of God. He loves you and he cares for you. Uh, I remember uh, choosing uh, to have kids. Uh, Sharon and I waited. It was about five years into our marriage before we had Megan. And um, we were so excited. And when, when Sherry got pregnant, you know, this excitement about this little one. But I just really had no clue um, what all it was going to entail and, um, and, and, uh, and just the blessing that it was going to be. Uh, but, but God chose us, just like we choose to, to have a child, or we choose to uh, adopt. God chooses us, knowing everything about us. God's gracious choice. That means you're special to God. Uh, there's some things in this. Have you ever, have you ever went to a, uh, a, a sale or maybe a store, and you thought, boy, there's nothing in this store I want. Nothing interests me in the store. Uh, Sherry and and, uh, and Megan got me to go up to Ulta for something. And man, I, I was a, like an out-of-body experience. I wanted to get out of that place so bad I could hardly stand it. Uh, but I, I did that. I sacrificed for the ladies in my house, and, and I, I went in Ulta. But nothing really there that I was interested in. I, I got some things for them. But, uh, <clears throat> you know... God, God, never, God doesn't do that with his children. They're, every single one of us matters to him. David says, before I speak, Lord, you know all my words. You have my hairs numbered. Uh, this is incredible. The care and the attention that God gives to us as his children so God's gracious choice. This is a precious doctrine that God chose us to be his. So understanding your value to God, you first need to know about God's gracious choice. Secondly, you need to know about God's purposeful placement. God's purposeful placement. He says, to those chosen living as exiles dispersed abroad... In Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. Living as exiles dispersed abroad. Now, there's a couple different theories about what this is talking about. Some believe it's just talking about the Jews who were, who were scattered uh, earlier in, in, the, uh, uh, in the diaspora. Who were then later saved. And, and Peter is sending them a letter. Uh, others believe it's talking about those who were in Jerusalem. And the, the persecution, Saul of Tarsus. When he began to persecute the church, there was a scattering, and wherever these Christians went, they, they preached the gospel. Whichever it is, doesn't really matter. The point is the same. You're scattered according to the purpose of God. Can you imagine what it would be like to be in one of those towns where some of these, these uh, Jewish Christians were coming uh, and, and to hear the gospel for the first time? And to understand what God had done for you and, and to begin a relationship with Christ. That wouldn't have happened had not this scattering and this persecution occurred. 
God is, is working a lot of times in ways we don't expect. Uh, but we can be sure of his purposeful place. Understand, it's not an accident that you're in the family that you're in. That you are in the workplace that you're in. That you are in the church that you're in. That you are in the city that you're in, in the country you're in. God has you here for a reason. And these circles of, of, uh, of influence that you have in your life, your friends, your relatives, your associates, your, your neighbors, all of these things, uh, these are the opportunities and the spheres of influence that God has given you. He has purposely placed you there to make a difference for him. And so sometimes we think, well, God, why? You know, uh, uh, I, I've had people talk to me before, well, why would God allow me to be uh, born in the family I was in, you know, why couldn't I have been born into this kind of family, you know, and uh, uh, and sometimes we question these things and we 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 have uh, confusion in our minds because we don't understand it, but the fact is God has placed us where we are for various reasons, but but one reason is the reason of ministry. And um, this purposeful placement of God means that everywhere I go, not just at church, not just at visitation if you come uh, to EE, uh, but every day that I live, I am on mission for God. The Great Commission, found at the end of Matthew, the last things that Jesus said before he was ascended to the heavens, uh, he said, go and make disciples of all nations, or you can even translate that as you're going. Uh, make disciples of all nations, so that in every sphere of influence that we have, uh, we have been placed there on purpose to make a difference for Christ. To pray uh, for those in our family who don't know Christ or who are struggling spiritually. Uh, to, to pray for those co-workers that don't know Christ. Uh, to ask God, Lord, give me a burden for certain people in my spheres of influence that I can influence for you. God, give me the boldness to share the message of Christ with people who desperately need to hear it. And sometimes in the midst of trouble and difficulty and hardship in life, we lose sight of the fact that we have been given a mission from our Savior to reach a lost world. Um, God's purposeful placement. It's not an accident that you are where you are. Um, speak for, you know, a lot of times when, when uh, people get advanced in age, uh, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this. I don't understand why God's keeping me around. I, I'm here in this bed or I'm here in this chair and I can't do anything. And Why would God keep me around? And the irony of that is a lot of times these folks have ministered to me. I come to see them and they minister to me. But wherever you are, whatever situation you're in, you can pray. Whatever situation you're in, you can show love to the people around you. You can share God's truth. Um, I, I was up there uh, visiting uh, with Naomi one day, and uh, one of her nurses was there, and she said, she said, boy, Naomi just blesses me all the time. She said, I come here, I get blessed. She just, you know, she talks about the Lord and about what God's doing in your life, and, and I'm blessed. Sometimes we, we underestimate 
what God is doing through us. But see, here's the simple thing. Uh, we just let the Holy Spirit of God live through us. And we asked him to do that. And then uh, be obedient to him. If he, if he prompts you to share a word, share a word. If he prompts you to do something in kindness, do it. Uh, if he convicts you about a sin, repent of it. Uh, these little things that you're doing in your life uh, will give your life impact and punch for Christ. But never forget that God has purposely placed you where he's placed you. Uh, if you're experiencing trouble, if you're experiencing hardship, or even in the case of, of these who Peter's writing to persecution, know that God has placed you where you are for a reason to minister for him. So uh, how valuable is the person who led you to Christ? I remember the day that uh, I was 11, I was 10, well, I was 10 years old when this happened. I was 11 when I was saved. I can still remember it was a Sunday night service. We had a Sunday night service, and after the Sunday night service, we went and watched a, a video of an evangelist. That's the only time I ever remember that happening at my church when I was growing up, just that one time. Maybe the pastor had God put that on his heart for me. I don't know. But, uh, but I was just gripped. And the Holy Spirit of God pierced my soul and said, you are lost. And uh, from that point on, I began to struggle with it and, you know, uh, wrestle until I finally surrendered about a year later and gave my heart to Christ. But how valuable is that? It's everything. Maybe he felt led to make that video and send that video around. I don't know if he had a lot of those videos that he sent around, but, uh, but that one sure made a difference for me. What was he doing? He was simply being obedient to God and what God had called him to do. The pastor was being obedient to God and what he had scheduled, and God took it and he went, wham, on my heart. Listen, it, it's powerful. How valuable would it be if something you said or something you did or a prayer that you prayed made an eternal difference in the life of somebody without Christ? So understanding your value, what do you need to know? God's gracious choice. Secondly, God's purposeful placement. Thirdly, God's tender care. Look at verse 2. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father. had Father's Day last week, but I want, to, I want you to know, some of you had good fathers. Let me tell you, God's a better father. Some of you had bad fathers. God's the father you never had. He is a perfect father. And as, as Peter is writing to these suffering, persecuted Christians, he wants them to understand, God is not just viewing your circumstances with an attitude that he doesn't care. Uh, God cares for you as a father. Sometimes we have to see our kids go through pain, don't we? Uh, sure, you know, moms are usually better at that kind of thing, uh, dealing with that stuff. But, but I remember one time Sherry was out of town or something. I had to take Megan to get her blood taken. And, and Megan used to have to have that a lot when she was little because of the condition she had. And um, I remember she was about two. 
And I had to hold her in place because whenever she saw the white coat, she just went berserk. And so I'm holding her there and having to, to pin her arm so the lady can stick her. And I remember she turned her head up like this and looked at me with this look of, you have utterly betrayed me. <laughs> Made me feel awful. But I went ahead and let the lady do that because I knew it had to be done. Sometimes we may not understand why God allows the pain that he allows in our lives, but we can know that he cares for us as a father. I've gone through seasons in my life where I've been bitter at God, and, and I, I've actually started praying at the beginning of a trial. I'll start praying, God, help me not go down that road again because I don't want to go down that road. It's a road of uh, spiritual wilderness, and uh, I'd rather go through a trial with Jesus than without him. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, God actually will care for us, and I found this over and over again. He cares for us and ministers through it to us through the trials that we experience. Um, Shannon uh, uh, Ramsey was, was talking to me on the phone, uh, Candy's daughter, yesterday, and uh, we were kind of making some arrangements for a funeral and so forth. Um, but she was talking about how God sustained her in this time of losing Jason. And she said, the many times I've just kind of felt like I had a warm blanket of God's peace over me. I said, Shannon, that's the Holy Spirit. And that's the comforter. And she said, God has sustained me, and he sustained us through this season of time. That's our God. He's a, he's a caring father. Uh, and, and by the way, I was in her sphere of influence yesterday, and she blessed me. I was encouraged by her. She's sharing what God was doing in her life. I thought, man, that's good stuff. I, I'm excited about that. Uh, but uh, God, God is faithful. He's, he's a caring father, and he comes alongside, and he ministers to us. And it's in spiritual terms, I, I remember uh, it, I saw this on Facebook uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, someone I knew, not in this church, but... Um, had talked about they, they were listening to this song and, and all of a sudden they were going through this really hard crisis they just had gone through divorce and uh, all of a sudden it just felt like they were enveloped in the presence and comfort of God that's the father taking that child up in his arms bringing him up on his lap and saying I'm here I'm with you I care for you. I've not forgotten you. Um, this is our God. He has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And so, uh, he's also a, a father who will discipline us. Uh, you know, discipline is never a pleasant experience. Uh, my dad used to say, well, this hurts me more than it hurts you. And I, I never really believed him. But... Uh, but it, it truly, it, it, it's not a pleasant thing to be disciplined, but it is a necessary thing. And God the Father disciplines us in accordance with his purpose and for our good. Um, so we can rest and we can trust in the middle of whatever we're going through that God's tender care will be there and his perfect wisdom will be there. Uh, a while back, my dad was sharing, sharing with me, he said, you know, there are times I wish I could just sit down with my dad and talk to him about my problems. We have a dad that will always be there for us. 
And so, <clears throat> trust in that tender care of your Father. And then finally, I want you to see to understand your value to God. Look about, understand about God's holy helper. He says uh, in verse 2, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient, to be sprinkled with the blood of Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. So, the sanctifying work of the Spirit. Think about this for a second. What's the most valuable thing to God? Before anything was created, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the three persons of the Trinity, one God, three persons, but they, the, the members of the Trinity had fellowship with one another. Perfect fellowship. Sweet fellowship. Some of you who have been married for a long time uh, have grown very deep in your love for your spouse. Can you th- imagine what eternity must be like? Growing in that, in, in that love? Anyway, uh, I don't know. God, God probably doesn't grow in love because he has perfect love. But, but that love was perfect. Who did God send for us? He sent Jesus and He sent His Holy Spirit. Two most important persons to Him. By the way, it says in Isaiah 53, speaking of Jesus, it pleased God to crush Him for us. That doesn't tell you what your value is. I don't know what will. But look at God's holy helper. Who did God send to help us in life? Uh, you know, God didn't send the... Uh, uh, you remember, you remember uh, the Christmas movie with uh, uh, George? Uh, you know, he has the angel appear to him, and he, he uh, makes it as though he's never been born and so forth. He's got this angel. And when he meets up with this angel, it's, it's a wonderful life as a movie. Meets up with this angel at the beginning of the movie, and he looks at him, he says, You look about kind of like the angel I would get. You know, God sent the, just the, the least of the least to come be my angel. And, uh, uh, but God didn't do that with us, did he? He sent the Holy Spirit. What an amazing thought that God's inner circle, God sends somebody from his inner circle to come and live within us and live through us to empower us, to comfort us, to help us in life. Listen, if that doesn't show you how important you are to God, I don't know what will. Bill Gaither has a song, The world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. This happy face I'm wearing, Jesus put it there to stay. The world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. Listen, I'm going to tell you, someday our government may persecute us. But they can't take away our joy because it doesn't come from them. It comes from God. And he has given his Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit lives forever in our hearts. So understanding your value, you need to understand about God's gracious choice, God's purposeful placement, God's tender care, and God's holy helper. Yes, you matter to God. Yes, he will be there when you come to seek his face. He will delight in you. Yes, he will be there when you try to serve him to help you um, because that's who he is and he cares for you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, you need to understand that uh, 
God loves you, and he's also just. Uh, there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus is the only way to heaven. That's what the Bible teaches. Why is that? Because all of us are sinners. You can't get there by how good you are. Because God said, be you perfect as your Father is in heaven's perfect, and none of us are. Um, Jesus lived that perfect life as the God-man, died the death we deserved in our place, and took the wrath and the justice of God upon himself. And then he said, it is finished, the price is paid, and he rose again. And because of what Jesus has done, if you're ready today to surrender your heart to him and receive the gift of eternal life, he'll give it to you based on his grace and based upon what Jesus has done. And he'll adopt you into his family. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the, the preciousness of the truth of how we matter to you. Help us never to forget the value.